When Krishna walked along the banks of the Jamuna, he was seen nicely decorated with tilak on his head. He was garlanded with different kinds of forest flowers, and his body was smeared with the pulp of sandalwood and tulsi leaves. The bumblebees became mad after the treasure of the sweet nectar of the atmosphere. Being pleased by the humming sound of the bees, Krishna would play on his flute, and together the sounds became so sweet to hear that the aquatics, the cranes, swans, and ducks, and other birds were charmed. Instead of swimming or flying, they became stunned. They closed their eyes and entered a trance of meditation and worship of Krishna. One gopi said, My dear friend, Krishna and Balaram are nicely dressed with earrings and pearl necklaces. They enjoy themselves on the top of Govardhan Hill, and everything becomes absorbed in transcendental pleasure when Krishna plays on his flute, charming the whole created manifestation. When he plays, the clouds stop their loud thundering out of fear of him. Rather than disturb the vibration of his flute, they respond with mild thunder, and so congratulate Krishna, their friend. Krishna is accepted as the friend of the cloud because the cloud and Krishna satisfy the people when they are disturbed. When the people are burning due to excessive heat, the cloud satisfies them with rain. Similarly, when people in materialistic life become disturbed by the pleasing fire of material pangs, Krishna gives them relief. The cloud and Krishna, having the same bodily color also, are considered to be friends. Desiring to congratulate its superior friend, the cloud poured not water, but small flowers, and covered the head of Krishna to protect him from the scorching sunshine. One of the gopis told Mother Yasoda, My dear mother, your son is very expert among the cowherd boys. He knows all the different arts, how to tend the cows, and how to play the flute. He composes his own songs, and to sing them, he puts his flute to his mouth. When he plays either in the morning or in the evening, all the demigods like Lord Shiva, Brahma, Indra, and Chandra bow their heads and listen with great attention. Although they are very learned and expert, they cannot understand the musical arrangements of Krishna's flute. They simply listen attentively and try to understand, but become bewildered and nothing more. Another gopi said, My dear friend, when Krishna returns home with his cows, the footprints of the soles of his feet with flag, thunderbolt, trident, and lotus flower relieves the pain the earth feels when the cows traverse it. He walks in a stride which is so attractive, and he carries his flute. Just by looking at him, we become lusty to enjoy his company. At that time, our movements cease. We become like trees and stand perfectly still. We even forget what we look like. Krishna had many thousands of cows, and they were divided into different groups according to their colors. They were also differently named according to color. When he would return from the pasturing ground, he would find all the cows gathered. As Vaishnavs count 108 beads, which represent the 108 individual gopis, 
So Krishna would also chant 108 different groups of cows. When Krishna returns home, he is garlanded with tulsi leaves. A gopi described him to her friend. He puts his hand on the shoulder of a cowherd boy and begins to blow his transcendental flute. The wives of the black deer become enchanted by hearing the vibration of his flute, which resembles the vibration of the vena. The deer come to Krishna and become so charmed that they stand still, forgetting their homes and husbands, like us, who are enchanted by the ocean of transcendental qualities of Krishna, the she-deer, become enchanted by the vibration of his flute. Another gopi told Mother Yasoda, My dear mother, when your son returns home, he decorates himself with the buds of the kunda flower, and just to enlighten and gladden his friends, he blows his flute. The breeze blowing from the south pleases the atmosphere because it is fragrant and very cool. Demigods like the Gantharvas and Siddhas take advantage of this atmosphere and offer prayers to Krishna by sounding their bugles and drums. Krishna is very kind to the inhabitants of Brajabhumi Vrindavan. And when he returns with his cows and friends, he is remembered as the lifter of Govardhan Hill. Taking advantage of this opportunity, the most exalted demigods like Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva come down to offer their evening prayers and they accompany the cowherd boys in glorifying the qualities of Krishna. Krishna is compared with the moon, born in the ocean of the womb of Devaki. When he returns in the evening, it appears that he is fatigued, but he still tries to gladden the inhabitants of Vrindavan by his auspicious presence. When Krishna returns, garlanded with flowers, his face looks beautiful, he walks into Vrindavan with a stride just like the elephant and slowly enters his home. Upon his return, the men, women, and cows of Vrindavan immediately forget the scorching heat of the day. Such descriptions of Krishna's transcendental pastimes and activities were remembered by the gopis during his absence from Vrindavan. They give us some idea of Krishna's attraction, Everyone and everything is attracted to Krishna. That is the perfect description of Krishna's attraction. The example of the gopis is very instructive to persons who are trying to be absorbed in Krishna consciousness. One can very easily associate with Krishna simply by remembering his transcendental pastimes. Everyone has a tendency to love someone. That Krishna should be the object of love is the central point of Krishna consciousness. By constantly chanting the Hare Krishna mantra and remembering the transcendental pastimes of Krishna, one can be fully in Krishna consciousness and thus make his life sublime and fruitful. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 35th chapter of Krishna. The gopis' feelings of separation 